This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And even though Valentine's Day may be over for some of you who will be listening to this podcast, we feel on this show that love should be celebrated every day of the year. We have a fantastic show for you today. On today's episode, you are in for a real treat. A few weeks back, I went to the Jazz Bistro, and like the rest of the audience, I was mesmerized by a jazz singer who I believe is a true national treasure. Her name is Genevieve Marantette, but she is known simply as Gigi. I'm so thrilled that she is joining us today and is singing live with two fantastic musicians, George Kohler on bass and Bill McBurney on the flute. And later in the show, we have couples therapist and author Linda Carroll, who has written a fantastic book called Hope you can see that. Love skills, keys to unlocking lasting and wholehearted love. This is really like a couple's workshop in a book and shows that even conflict when navigated properly can lead to renewed closeness and unprecedented connection. But what's a show dedicated to love without a couple of love songs? Our studio is being transformed into a smoky jazz club today with our first guest, the inimitable star, the one and only Gigi. Also so delighted to have here George Kohler and Bill McBurney. Genevieve Marantette, also known as Gigi, has established herself as one of Toronto's most recognizable and illustrious vocalists. According to James B., a host at Jazz FM Radio, as he says, Gigi has always had that type of voice and stage presence that mesmerizes an audience, and she is simply one of Canada's finest singers. Gigi spent eight years in Asia and Europe, and since her return to Toronto, she's released an EP produced by George Kohler, and she also worked with David Clayton Thomas of the group Blood, Sweat and Tears, Don Thompson, Don Franks, and Jane Sibbery, just to name a few. Genevieve Gigi grew up in the Windsor, Detroit experimental jazz and electronic music scenes, and she has an extensive background in Brazilian, world, blues, jazz, and is known for her fearless approach to interpretation. She's also one of the founders of the Kensington Market Jazz Festival, along with Molly Johnson, and she's currently working on several recording projects. She's been called the lovely muse of music, a femme fatale from film noir, jazz improvisation at its best, an honest girl with a great sense of humor that the world's been waiting for, that Genevieve Gigi Marantette, and that was said by the late, great Don Franks. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. So great to have you here. And I also want to welcome George Kohler and on the bass and Bill McBurney playing flute, who will be accompanying Gigi in just a few exciting moments. Welcome, everyone. We're delighted to have you all here. Gigi, I used to be a theater and music critic, and I would see four to five shows a week. And I can say undeniably that your performance at the Jazz Bistro with these wonderful gentlemen singing songs from 1969 was probably one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. You were hypnotic, your voice spectacular, your stage presence dazzling, and you transported everyone in the room, bringing us all together. And you got a very well-deserved standing ovation, not your only one. You've had thousands. You really are a star. Where does this magic and God-given talent come from? 
Mama, no, I don't know. Um, thank you so much for having us. I know we're so grateful to be here with you. You're so generous. And um, it came from probably my mom. She was a musician and her mom was a musician. So this has been handed down wow. from generation to generation. Um, I just made my mom a record to celebrate her 70th birthday. And she recorded a song that her mom wrote oh, so beautiful. um maybe so, you'll come sing it on the, you'll play it on the mother's day show when we have a mother's I would day love show to. that'd be fantastic you'll yeah. come back for that yeah i love that so without further ado here is gigi accompanied by george kohler and bill mcburney performing the love song tonight i'll be staying here with you bob dylan do you want to set up the t- tune for us a little oh it's just um one of someone i really love it's their favorite song so i'm being romantic judy love that because it's valentine's day. day perfect and it's from 1969. Best year ever for music. Mm. Best time ever for music. Okay, Gigi and wonderful guys, take it away. Throw my ticket out the window. Throw my suitcase out there too. Throw my troubles out the door I don't need them anymore Cause tonight I'll be staying here with you I should have left this town this morning But it was more than I could do on so strong and I've waited all day long for tonight when I'll be staying here with you Is it really any wonder the love a stranger might receive Cast your spell and I went under I find it so difficult to leave And I can hear that whistle blowing I see the station master too You should let him have my seat Cause tonight I'll be staying here with you
that love a stranger might receive You cast your spell and I went under Now I find it just so difficult to leave I can hear that whistle blowing See the station master too Oh, if there's a poor boy on the street You can let him have my seat For tonight, I'll be staying here with you Tonight, I'll be staying here with you Oh, tonight, I'll be staying here with you Wow I wish there was a whole crowd in here to be giving you a standing ovation. You guys are amazing. That was gorgeous. Thank you for that. Wow. Gigi, the testimonials about you are incredible, and there's hundreds of them, such as Genevieve Marantet is a rare combination of musical education and God-given talent. A powerful singer with a natural stage presence and stunning beauty, Gigi is the real deal. And this was said by David Clayton Thomas. And... You don't just sing jazz, but you also sing all sorts of tunes like this Motown tune that was originally written by Brenda Holloway but made famous by David Clayton Thomas. And I understand you have a personal connection to the song, and this song is really in tribute to him. Can you tell us about You Made Me So Very Happy that you guys are about to do? Oh, uh, well, he just sings it so well, and I think it's um, in in terms of a romantic tune that Canadians will know and love. I know a lot of people have gotten married to this tune, and um, me doing it was a very brave dedication to him because he's such a master and a mentor, someone I really look up to. And um, he's been like a dad to me, my my music dad. He's a guiding light in my life. So so this is really for him, and uh, not in a romantic way, Dad. Well, <laughs> all right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Let's have a listen. Can't wait. You lost at love before. Got mad and closed the door. But you said. Just try once more I chose you for the one Now I'm having so much fun You treated me unkind You're about to lose your mind And you make me so Very happy I'm so glad You came into my life (laughs) The others were untrue But 
When it came to loving you I'd spend my whole life with you Cause you came and took control You touched my very soul You always showed me that Loving you is where it's at Cause you made me so Very happy I'm so glad You came into my life I love you so much it seems That you're even in my dreams I can hear you baby I can hear you calling me I'm so in love with you All I ever want to do is just thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. from Gigi later on in a number you don't want to miss and we will hear her single so stay tuned for that but before we go to the Linda Carroll our couples therapist George Kohler how can people get in touch with you and, and hear what you're up to oh thanks Judy um, well I have a new record label called Zan Z-S-A-N which actually stands for the zenith of science art and nature wow Nice little pyramid, the meeting point, the highest point of those three things. So, zanrecords.com. And um, I'm having a great time. I'm working on a modern haiku book and a bit of a bio- autobiography, uh, nuggets of music business, nuggets of wisdom. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. What's, what's your Instagram handle or how can people connect with you or website or whatever? Geo Kohler on Instagram at Geo Kohler. And um, website zanrecords.com. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here today. We'll get more, we'll have more about what everyone else is up to um, at the end of the show. They are coming back, Gigi and Bill. Thank you, George, so much. And uh, now, Linda Carroll, couples therapist and author of a new book called Love Skills Key to Unlocking Lasting and Wholehearted Love. Here's that interview now. 
Thank you, guys. Our next guest, Linda Carroll, believes that wholehearted relationships are the foundation to a good life, and she teaches clients all the necessary skills to maintain them. Linda Carroll is a psychotherapist, couples therapist, life coach, and the author of this book, which she wrote as a companion to her first book on relationships. It's called Relationship Love Cycles, The Five Essential Stages of Lasting Love. But Linda's latest book, the one we're talking about today, is Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love. And it's not only a book, but she teaches it to couples all over the United States, in her hometown of Oregon, and online as well. Linda grew up in San Francisco during the 50s and came of age during the groovy and free love 1960s. She has reverence for all living things, and since her early flower child leanings, she has looked for creative approaches to healing. Linda is an inner fitness coach at Rancho La Puerto in Mexico and a founder of Just One Story at a Time, and that's at justoneatatime.org which is a nonprofit that brings education, relief, and music to migrant refugees, immigrants living at the Mexican border. Linda lives with her veterinarian husband, Tim, and their Australian labradoodle, whose name is Jackson. She has five children and nine grandchildren. I guess with Jackson, that would be 10 grandchildren. (laughs) Hi, Linda. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Hi, Judy. In your book, Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love, you say that your search to understanding healthy, loving relationships really began with reading Dr. Harville Hendricks and Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt, who founded Imago Relationship Therapy, and they discussed the concept of familiar love being mistaken for real love. Can you explain the lesson you learned from this statement? Um, I That was... And, and they came into my life at the time. I mean, I started this at 11 years old is when this really wow. started, this journey of mine of trying to understand what love was. But the, the, one, of, one of the key moments for me was meeting them and, under, and becoming an imago therapist because what they believe is that there is um, one of the many reasons we fall in love with who we fall in love with, that one of, one of those is because we have a kind of an image or a mago of the unfinished business of our primary caretakers embedded in us. Mm-hmm. And what we seek is familiar love. And what we fall in love with is this sense of, you know, this sense when you meet somebody and you have the sense you've known them forever. Yes. Well, what uh, what Harville and, and um, Helen talk about is that you have, it's actually your mother or your brother, or right. wherever there is unfinished business in your growing up life, you find that in somebody else. And then you fall in love with the best parts of that person. But where we get into trouble is because we end up feeling like we did when we were five or seven or nine. And we project, we project that unfinished business that unfinished person onto them. Um, so, and the first thing I ever learned as a therapist almost 40 years ago is that when you work with a couple, there's not just those two people in the room. There's at least six people on each side, parents, grandparents, and old stories. So true. I want you just to go back for me for a minute to the 11-year-old Linda yeah. and that mad love that you had for that boy with like, those blue eyes. And and can you tell yeah. us about that and how that really shaped your whole love journey and your quest for really understanding how to find whole hearted, healthy love in your life. 
Yes, I'm, yes, I will. Um, I, I, I'm sure you and your and your listeners remember that the goddess of love is Aphrodite, and she had a son named Cupid. And mm. Cupid walked around with a quiver of arrows, and he and when Aphrodite would say, "Nail that person," <laughs> Cupid would dip his arrow into the love potion, aim it at someone, and when that person got hit, it was really the feeling of getting hit, like what just happened. <laughs> um, there's a, a scene in The Godfather where. Um, Michael falls in love, and it's so powerful. And the person with him said, "You got the thunderbolt." And and what happened to me? I was a little Catholic schoolgirl in San Francisco. With really, I was pretty clueless about relationships and love. And I met a boy one day, and that moment is with me forever because I got the thunderbolt, mm. and the thunderbolt was was a big one. It just not. I didn't know what had happened. I mm. just knew that I couldn't stop thinking of him and that I, and I became almost enslaved to this chemical feeling where I would go and find him just, and now, you know, now I understand what it was. I just wanted the feeling of being around him and I had no, I wasn't prepared for it. It wasn't like I was, you know, in, like a lot of people I know went through high school and college and eventually fell in love. This happened when I was (laughs) totally naive to what this was all about. And I remember I started reading love poems the next day with my best friend. His name was also Judy. Um, like, what just happened? And I and now I look back in my life and I think that uh, so much of my life makes sense now at my age when I when I go back into what didn't make sense then. And that first thing that happened to me ar- around the issue of love, that 11-year-old girl, I think my life has been a meditation on trying to understand what that was and what it wasn't. Because it, it, what it wasn't, it was a, is as important in what I write about as what it was. One of the things I say over and over is that love is a feeling, and a loving relationship is a skill set. And falling in love does not create anything but the feeling. If you you know right. the the wholehearted relationship takes a whole lot of skill and a whole lot of willingness. That's right. That's right. So that, it's, a, that's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and it's it's almost like the you know the 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration, but in a good way, we hope. It's but, exactly uh, right. But yeah. he, he had a special name for you, and you don't reveal that in the book. Would you share it with us now, or is that are you going to keep it with you forever? No, I'm not telling, but I'll tell you that my best friend, who's still my best friend, um, he had a special name for her, too. It's, ve- it's, it's very good that we didn't end up together, but it did. Uh, we were both obsessed with with him for a lot of our young life and didn't know about the other. Um, and it was it was a big shock when we found out. Um, but anyway, that's another story for another time. <laughs> for another time but, next but book. <laughs> we laugh a lot about it now, I can tell you that. <laughs> As a therapist, Linda, what does a healthy relationship look like for you? A healthy relationship? That's a great question. I think it's a relationship where um, the first thing that comes to me is that both people have a realistic idea about themselves and the other person. When, you know, when we idealize, which we do in the beginning with all those chemicals, mm-hmm. the other person as being bigger than life, it's, we're in for a bad fall. Mm-hmm. And because we're all, we all have the same human condition mm-hmm. and, and nobody has a perfect self or a perfect life. I think that being able to hold the, our, our connection to the other person Knowing that they are not perfect, that they are, you know, in, for, in love cycles, I talked about the seasons of cycles of love, mm-hmm. um, 
be having it be big enough to accept both our own imperfections and the imperfections of our partner. I think that the, you know, I just wrote an article, which I'm submitting to one of the online places about how I think that, and this is probably not going to be a very popular thing to say, but I, I, I really believe that the communication and, and compatibility in a way are overrated. I think a healthy relationship, it's not so much that you have all these things in common, mm-hmm. but that what's in common is a good relationship is a commitment to the relationship to each other yes. and certain kinds of, of um, characteristics of people who, ha- who thrive in relationship, including forgiveness, humor, generosity. And I, I just, one of our best friends just called mm-hmm. me the other day, and he said he's known us forever. And he said, "You know, I've, I've he's seventy, mm. and he said, you guys." When I first saw you together, I thought, what are they doing together? They are the least compatible people that I know. And he said, you know, at this point in my life, I think there's about five couples I can think of. And none of them are compatible, but they have these long, enduring, really rich relationships because something else works between them. It's not that we both love to go fishing or we love to camp out or we love to go, you know, to good restaurants. It's that there's something else happening beyond that, which is a commitment to the relationship to learn the skills and certainly those, those characteristics of generosity. The um, University of Virginia did a study on what's the most important characteristic mm-hmm. in, a long, in, a, in a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. and they came up again and again with generosity. They thought wow. it would be a lot of sex, but that's <laughs> not what it was. Number one is generosity. Uh, so yes. I think yes. people who are willing to for, to forgive, to come back into it, to let it be born again and again and again, because the first relationship that you have is not the relationship you have 10 years later or 20 years later, and you have to let it change, and you have to be willing to let yourself change, each other change, and renegotiate what you're doing together. Because that changes too. That's a lot, isn't it? I I love the story of, and I think you've been with your husband for 35 years. Yes, that's right. And and I love the story that you tell about your issue was washing the dishes. And you tell a story about how it's one thing if you're having that argument of washing the dishes, you know, differently when you're alone. But you had another couple over for a dinner party and a little bit of an argument erupted about the dishes and it was embarrassing and it was awkward and that was a pivotal moment in your relationship how was that resolved but it was never resolved even when you bring it up now i want to tell you how he does it wrong so it's not over but it started about it started 40 years ago when we first met it was our first argument but it was a cute argument you know he criticized how i was doing it and i thought he was sort of cute and we sort of, you know, we, it was not, it wasn't serious, but we have never agreed on how to wash the dishes. But what happened, it got, it really played out. And I, I use that to talk about the different cycles, how at first it was sort of fun. And then it got, we got really annoyed with each other until finally what happened is when we had the people to dinner, it was really embarrassing. We got so angry at each other and we brought these poor people who barely knew us into the argument, presenting our cases as though we were in court. I mean, it was awful. I'm a, I'm a, a marriage counselor, you know, and that was what I was doing. It was, and I, I still look back on that and shrink. But we got so triggered into our fighting brain mm-hmm. that we kind of, we just lost the ability to realize that this was not a good thing to do. And we were so mortified afterwards that we said, we've got to do something. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all this great 
stuff between us. We have this great life. But we this this issue is so volatile between us, and we made a, a decision to that we were never never going to reform each other. And what we would do is one person would cook and the other would clean and we would stay out of their way. <laughs> and we would not point mm-hmm. out to each other how they were wrong yes. and find evidence, which we did for a long time. And and we were pretty good about keeping to that. And we still are. You know, now it's changed again. And now it's not even that big a thing. But it's still annoying. But he, now my <laughs> husband's retired and I work and he does all the cooking and all the dishes. <laughs> oh, and I'm nice. just so grateful I don't even get into it anymore. But that was we <laughs> made some rough moves on each other with that because we wanted to be right and we wanted to be listened to. And we felt the other person wasn't respecting our point of view. We're just going to go to a short break. And when we come back, I'd love you to tell us about Pillow Talk. Sure. And how okay. it works so I'm well for couples. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. And we are here with Linda Carroll, author of Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love. And just before the break, we were talking about how all couples, Linda, have different challenges or styles when it comes to sex, when it comes to raising your kids, when it comes to money, etc. And you once had a client, I believe, a couple... And they were fighting terribly about money. One was very, you know, wanted to really be very frugal. The other was sort of just spending like it was a Roman holiday. Mm-hmm. And and you, uh, something really cool emanated from, at first, your belief that, I don't think I can help this couple. And then what happened? Well, I was. it was the first couple I ever worked with, actually. So that's pretty cool when I look back on that. And I didn't know what I was doing. They would just come in, and they were. it was a counseling agency. And the people who referred them to me, my supervisor sort of rolled her eyes and said, well, I'm going to throw you in the deep end. <laughs> and they were screaming at each other. But I was teaching at Oregon State University. I was teaching a class called Interpersonal Communication. And in that class, we had a communication tool called Pillow Talk. We were teaching people about debate. And what we did was we would say, okay, your point of view about this issue, mm-hmm. talk about, sit on a pillow and talk about it to the person opposite you who's sitting on a pillow, mm-hmm. and then switch pillows. So you then talk about the same issue, but from their point of view. Wow. And you talk about it like you really believe it from their point of view. And it was a great exercise. People saw how resistant they were to even consider that the other person had any validity. And so it really shifted how they could talk about it, how they could listen. And I was working with this couple, and I was just trying everything I knew, logic, of course, trying to get in there, and nothing worked. And I remember I had just come from class where I had done that, and I I thought, I bet 
this might change something. So I told them about it, and I had them talk about money from their point of view, which got very heated very fast. Mm. And then I had them take the other side, and they were willing to do it. And when they started, I and I started to encourage them to keep talking about it. They started, first they gave their point of view, and then I said, talk about where you learned that. What was that important? Well, remember, one of them said, my father grew up in the Depression, and that he told this whole story. And then the, the other person gave her story, and pretty soon mm-hmm. I could feel something soften between them. It was really tangible. You could feel it in the room. And when that was over, they went back to their sides, and I remember this so clearly. I said, how do you feel? And they said, I don't feel so angry. I understand where you come from. Mm-hmm. And the really difficult thing that happens with the couple, most couples about issues that I see mm-hmm is not the issue. The issue is not what tears people apart. Mm-hmm. It's feeling unheard. Yes. It's feeling disrespected. Not acknowledged. Yes, absolutely. And lo- losing connection, which is what we were doing over the dishes. That And when, when the, these two people began to get that their partner understood them and they could stay connected, even though they disagreed, it was over. It was just over. It right. was almost miraculous. They They started laughing. They came back one more time, and they hadn't changed a thing about how they believed, but they were tolerant of each other. And even more important, Judy, they didn't lose connection with each other, even when they were arguing about it. So fantastic. I love the way you describe the love cycles model and how relationships develop in these five predictable stages that you talk about. Can you tell us about those five stages? Sure. Um, the first stage is when what happens when we fall in love. You know, we have a culture which is very big on romantic love, and I call that the merge. But most of us have experienced that maybe many times in our life. And the merge is when we meet somebody like I did when I was 11, and we have a download of chemicals. That, and what we see when we look at that person is the best of everything they are. The promise, the promise we're not alone, that we're connected. And, that's, and our brain changes. There's a lot of great research now about what happens to, and that's why sometimes we lose our judgment in, mm. in that the merge, we feel like we've met our other half. Those chemicals don't last forever. They wear off. And as they start to wear off, we start to notice what's wrong, how we're different. We begin to see all those things that we that we fell in love with, those qualities we fell in love with. We start to see the other side of them. Mm-hmm. And we begin to doubt, is this, is this really the right person for me? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we even deny that it's happening because we want those juicy, good feelings again that this is the perfect person and from now on my life is going to be bliss. And then it moves into a power struggle. Who's right? Who's wrong? And people have power struggles about issues. They also have power struggles about connection. For some people, they are the connectors. They want to merge all the time. And other people are much more they're remote. They like connection, but they like to read their book. They like to, they're kind of an island person. Often they fell in love, the, the mergers on the islands. And the, when the power struggle comes, we start to also struggle about connection. I want more, you want less. And then I interpret that as you don't love me, or you interpret my wanting more as you're always trying to, you know, get a mesh with me. Mm. So we have struggles about all kinds of things. And mm. in that power struggle, there's some hard moves that happen. Mm-hmm. People cut each other off. They go into fight or freeze or flee. And we get stuck in some of those patterns. And, it, and at that point, we move into a disillusionment phase, mm-hmm. which is you are not the person I thought. This isn't the relationship that I thought it was going to be. And I call stage four a decision where people say, you know, I, 
this is too painful. It's too hard. What are we going to do? Yes. Are we going to stay in it and just move into parallel lives? Mm-hmm. Are we going to split? Are we going to try? What What are we going to do in my, my, my response to that? Because I see people at that stage often is right now, don't make a decision. Mm-hmm. See what you can do if you can heal it, if right. you can learn the skills, if you can understand how you got here. Maybe you'll need to leave, but maybe what you'll find is that you're stuck in this loop, this mm-hmm. power struggle. Mm-hmm. And when you get out of the power struggle, or when you start to remember who the other person is, mm-hmm. you can start a new relationship because this feeling sometimes of, there you are, comes mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the final stage is what I call wholehearted, which is learning. And that goes back to that first experience with the boy when I was 11. Mm. I felt like I had found my other half who was going to make me whole. Mm-hmm. And I tell the story a lot in the book, Love Skills, and I, what happened. Um, mm. But the lesson for me was that nobody was going to make me whole. And it was a painful, long lesson. For me, it took me a couple of decades to get that I could not be whole through another person. That wholeness has to come in myself. Right. So wholehearted love means it. you have to first do the work to see what stops you from being yes. wholehearted. It starts from knowing nobody's going to make me whole, mm-hmm. and I have to find that wholeness in myself. Absolutely. And my decisions about how to love come from the wholeness rather than from emptiness right. or from wanting somebody else to fix me. Right, and I even love that the book can really be done individually. In fact, and we were talking about this before the break, and I, I mind reading what, what, what you're going to say, but I, I think what you were about to say to me before we started is that you can do the whole book individually. Of course, you want to do it as a couple as well. There's exercises for the couple, but I, I think what you might have been ready to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you know, it, let's say your partner's not available to do it. They're too busy to do it. They're working too hard. They're not able. You can still do a lot of this work on your own. Yeah, or let's say your partner just blows it off, mm-hmm. which is another, you know, as I talked about how opposites find each other, we find someone who's different than us. Often one person carries the flag for communication skills and personal growth, and the other person doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and this kind of, of a, a workbook for couples can become another thing to fight about. So I say that in the book, you don't need to do that. If your partner wants to do it, great. If you have somebody who would, my, my, my husband wouldn't do this book with me. He's read it all and he's been great with it, but he would not sit down and do all this with me. He just wouldn't, you know. He wants to go for a bike ride. I want to sit by a fire and read self-help books. And, 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 if, and so this could become a fight, which would be, um, you know, why don't you love me? And the fact that he had just made breakfast and cleaned it all up wouldn't the count because he didn't want to do the book. So <laughs> right, I right. really want to encourage people to, if you, if you have a willing partner, that is so great. But even if you don't, you can use this book for all of your relationships. Don't make this another power struggle. Another power struggle. I, lo- I want to go back to, and I love the merge, doubt and denial, disillusionment, the decision, and wholehearted love as the five stages. I want to go back to the little period, the little island between <laughs> disillusionment and the decision. You write about how when we don't express our feelings and communicate effectively, often what happens is that couples create separate lives in order just to feel happy and safe and stay in survival mode. Why do couples do this and how can they get out of this separate living to come back together again wholeheartedly? Well, I, you know, one of the things I call the, um, the, the black belt of relationship is when you have different points of view. 
and you can have a talk about something where your partner's point of view is really threatening. You know, I want a child, you don't. I mean, something really threatening. I want to move to China, you don't. Mm. And and to be able to have that conversation and still feel connected. What happens is not, as I said earlier, it's not usually the issues that drive us apart. I mean, some of the big ones, of course, do. But the general issues that people fight about and have power struggles about, that's not what the trouble is. The trouble is what we do when we don't feel, when we feel threatened, when we feel like the other person isn't listening to us, when we lose our connection. Mm -hmm. Some of us get loud and angry. Some of us withdraw. And we lose that touch with that person who's most important. That black belt is mm. we can have an agreement, a disagreement that's, that's about something really tough. And I really don't agree with you. And I don't want to do what you're suggesting or whatever it is. But I don't lose my essential connection to you, nor you with me. And what happens is that power struggle, because people don't have the skill to navigate it in a way that doesn't harm love, is we make hard moves. Some people get very bullyish. Other people withdraw, Hmm. close themselves off. Sex often stops. It shuts down Hmm. during that time. And we stop seeing all the good things in the relationship. All we see is that person who's wanting to move to New York City when we want to go to a farm. And at that point, we start to make another life. In, in all kinds of ways, either just shutting them out or getting lost in our work or whatever. And that's the parallel lives, the parallel path. We give up on trying to be connected because it's been so painful. Mm-hmm. How do you stop sort of doing this parallel driving and get back into the same lane, as it were? Well, there's two different answers. One is if you're doing it with your partner, because that's a whole thing that people can do together. You know, you, you I think one of the things that people appreciate about what I teach and when I and I work with couples um, and all over in fact I have an online course I'm just almost I'm finishing up one of the things I say over and over is this is normal and mm-hmm. people don't know that it's normal to have these to have such differences because we often compare how we feel on the inside when we're in those hard stages we compare how we're feeling on the inside to how we see couples on the outside mm-hmm. and because so often people like to portray that they're in the perfect relationship and they're the perfect couple mm. that that and our culture does certainly with you know media and social media most of the time I mean, people often post pictures of themselves just smiling and loving with their partner. Once in a while, someone will post the other, and that's sort of dramatic, too. But <laughs> real people and real struggle is something that that is just starting to be normalized culturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that what that, that one of the um, things that I that people are so grateful for, and I hear it over and over, is first to know this is normal. This doesn't mean there's something wrong with our relationship. It means that we're two normal people. We fell in love thinking everything was great and we were alike. We found out we're not that much alike, but we really like each other. And But how do we navigate this? Mm-hmm. And then to find out there's a roadmap. There's a real roadmap for how to talk about hard things. We have to learn how to do it. But it it doesn't just... It's not something most of us are intuitive about doing. Intuitively, we don't do pillow talk. We right. clamp down harder on our position. But we, when we can learn how to really listen, how to be empathetic towards our partner's point of view, even if we don't agree, mm-hmm. I mean, those are great tools. How to keep putting into the relationship. I have a, a chapter in the book called Communication Before Conflict, which is uh, really about how we need to do the daily practices mm-hmm. of 
caring for each other so that when the hard things come, we've got some insurance, in the bank. Some insurance in the bank. We're yeah. almost at the end of time, and there's so much. I, I'm going to have to have you back on the program, Linda, because <laughs> there's so much more to go through. I'm just going to briefly say I love that, and, and just a, a very brief answer for this, um, how important is using the word and instead of but? to communicate more effectively, just briefly, because I want to go to a few other things as well? Well, and has to do with the two, with both things are true. You know, I really want to live in the city, and I don't feel, and I'm really not interested in a sheep farm, and I know you are, and I know, and I care about you, and so let's figure this out. And instead of but, 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 but wipes out the other, I love you, but, just think about that. If your partner says to you, I love you, but, what happens? Mm -hmm. You stop hearing the I love you, don't you? What is sheer bliss for you, Linda Carroll? And what is bliss for you and Tim as a couple? Very briefly, 25 words or less. But our dog, I mean, he's my husband's vet, and we are both dog crazy nuts. And <laughs> having a puppy, well, he's one now, that's really been this incredible, blissful thing. That's one oh, thing that's bliss. That. Another thing that's bliss is that we really live well together easily. Sometimes, I mean, we ha- we're not, there's certain ways that we're not alike that are obvious, but um, there's also a way he's easy on me to live with. And I don't know what that means, except that, you know, we both like, we're both sort of introverted. We don't bother. I write. He's a painter now. And we give each other a lot of freedom to do those things. Mm. So I think that's another thing. It, sound, it sounds glorious. I, I really want to thank you, Linda. Not, some days it's not. I'm not going <laughs> to fall into that. Because but then you work. And then you have all these wonderful tools and, and we, the toolkit right, in your right. book, which really I want people to get this book because I think it's chock full of so many great tools and techniques and practical, actual tips that will help you just lead a happier and healthier relationship. I want to thank you so much for joining us. The book is great, and I love that it's a workbook, and you can use it, not just read it. That's fabulous. Again, it's called Love Skills, The Keys to Unlocking Lasting Wholehearted Love. Linda, how can people contact you? What is your website? My website is Linda A. Carroll. Dot com and we have an I have an online course that's going to be ready at the end of February three different kinds of online courses with so you can either join a group and be a part of that group as you're reading the book or you can do something more more involved actually have the have it put I've been teaching this class for 25 years so it's really what I've been doing all this time and I'm happy to I always answer my emails mm. so write me anytime it's so great and also I love that you're at Rancho La Puerta I want to talk to you about that after the show as well because oh, that's fascinating yeah. but your website again I'm going to spell it for people is Linda Carroll that's L-I-N-D-A-A-C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot com I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Finding Your Bliss and I would love you to come back for a part two thank you Judy it was great to talk to you too thanks All the best. so much have a wonderful day you thank too. you bye bye Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. 
Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. That was our interview with author Linda Carroll, and we're back with Gigi to close out our show with some more gorgeous music. And you got to download all of Gigi's music. It's Gigi Genevieve Marantette, and she just gave me one of her only <laughs> final uh, beautiful albums here, and I'm so excited to listen to this. I just want to say briefly before they sing an unbelievable song that I couldn't get over in your act which you, you were accompanied by Bill McBurney, who's about to accompany you on Juno Bird on a Wire. nominated Bill McBurney. Juno nominated Bill McBurney. And, and Gigi and Bill and this, and George, who was here in the first act. Um, I couldn't get over your performance of Spinning Wheel. Veteran music journalist Lenny Stout said Gigi set the tone with a take on space oddity that went from towering to tragic, serving notice she'd be pressing all the buttons as required. It got so quiet, you could hear a mind change as the woman went from harsh to lush in a breath and from the wistful cadences of easy to be hard to the ominous, unrestrained vocalizing of she's come undone. Lots of minor key beauty in the way the unit arrived at such disparate destinations as I talk to the wind and bird on a wire, which we're about to hear. And he, she, he goes on to say, Gigi delivered the goods from a persona somewhere between Montreal boho chick and Parisian bistro chanteuse from the swinging 60s. The primal peak, you were there, you were part of it, was achieved by a breakdown segment where Gigi repeated spinning wheels catch a painted pony line in different keys, different volumes and different intensities, a riveting incantation to restless forces beyond the song's landscape, stripped of its original meaning and emerging clothed in catchy conundrums so uh, it, it, it was so unbelievable I hope people can watch that performance sometime on your website what is your website Gigi flowerchildgenevieve.com and, and how else can people contact you on social media Genevieve Marantet and it's all on my website so the best is just go to flowerchildgenevieve.com awesome and I on, made the website so let me know beautiful. what you think it's absolutely beautiful and on Instagram they can reach you at flowerchildgenevieve perfect and Bill how can people contact and reach you and get in touch with you it's not too difficult. Uh, McBurney can be misspelled any number of ways. So I actually, my website is simply extremeflute at, uh, uh, dot com. That extremeflute.com. It's, it's, it's catchy. You can remember it and you can't misspell it. So I love that. I love that. Bird on a Wire, Gigi, when you guys sang this, at, when you sang this, uh, accompanied by these wonderful musicians at the Jazz Bistro, it took everyone's breath away. And when you finished, everyone erupted and went crazy applauding. I know we're doing a bit of a shortened version because of the radio, but can't wait to hear it by Leonard Cohn, arranged for voice and flute. Take it away. Like a bird on the wire, like a drunk in a midnight choir, I have tried in my way to be free. Like a worm on a hook Like a knight from some old-fashioned book I have saved all my ribbons for thee And if I have been unkind I hope that you can just 
let it go by If I have been untrue I hope that you know It was never to you And I swear by this song and by all that we've done wrong I'll help make it all up to thee and we will find a way to be free That was amazing, guys. Thank you. That was gorgeous. You got to download Gigi's music on iTunes. It's so beautiful. Gigi, you're not only a talented singer, you're also a gifted songwriter. This is your new single. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I didn't write it. Don Franks wrote it. And it's a contrafact, which is in jazz when you take um, chord changes and you write a new melody over it. And there are many famous contrafacts. And But this one is Moon River, so it's really special. And Don Franks was a beloved actor and social activist and incredible jazz singer and a great mentor and a great mentor to so you. we had to do this one i love it ladies and gentlemen once again for the last time on our show today but she will be back one last song we're going to have uh, to hear this it's a track from Gigi's single while there's still time you can laugh and you can sing the world is yours you're everything when the summer's glowing Or the winter snow is snowing You've got it all Come and watch the rising sun And you'll find that when the day is done You'll fall asleep for chance to dream Those dreams that can come true Dreams that, that can't come true, Judy. You make oh, dreams come true. That's you. George Kohler, Steve Hunter, and myself. That was absolutely beautiful. Just love that. Thank you for that. And to hear the rest of it, you got to download this on iTunes and get this for Gigi Genevieve Marantet. We're all going to close with a meditation. And after that, we all need a meditation. It was so fantastic. <laughs> thank you guys again so much for being on Find oh, Your List. You. Bill McBurney you. and Genevieve Marantet, known simply as Gigi. Thank You're you. wonderful. <sighs> To begin, find a quiet, peaceful place and sit or lie back comfortably and gently close your eyes. Take in a nice few deep breaths, bringing your awareness to the present moment. Breathe in through your nose, feeling your belly rise on the inhale and fall on the exhale. As you fill your lungs again on a deep inhale, Imagine that you're breathing in prana, which is the life force. And as you exhale, feel your body releasing toxins, stress, and any negativity that is accumulated. Breathe in through your nose, focusing on the feeling of deep peace, and exhale, letting it all go. Feel the energy that is in the body. Feel the energy that is in every part of nature and every living thing. Bring all those energies together and feel them as one. 
and visualize all of this healing energy and light. Your whole body is now filled with divine energy and light and allow that healing energy to fill any physical area that needs it. Allow it to bring peace and healing to any emotional traumas. Feel your connection to divine energy and light and know that all is one. Take in another deep cleansing breath right in and breathe out slowly and evenly, letting it all go and stay with this deep, relaxing and peaceful feeling of bliss. First of all, to the crew who I normally thank, we're running out of time. I love you all. Thank you all. And thank you to my beautiful guests. For all of us here on the program, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.